Now, InfoTrack continues. The 21st century classroom still looks a lot like the 19th century classroom. So how can we help students use the technology revolution and other recent advances to make the nation's education system competitive with the rest of the world? We're joined by Milton Chen. He's a senior fellow and executive director emeritus of the George Lucas Educational Foundation, a nonprofit foundation based in San Francisco. And he's the author of a book called Education Nation, Six Leading Edges of Innovation in Our Schools. Before we start talking about solutions, let's just hear your take on where education in America stands today. Well, I think it's fair to say that, generally speaking, our educational system is still mired in a system from the 20th century, certainly, with many practices and ideas that come from more than 100 years ago. So my book is really an effort to talk about and show what a new educational system would look like. And in fact, this new educational system is being created in many school districts and schools around the country. Now, we're going to have to move quickly to get these in, but let's touch briefly on the edges of innovation that you spotlight in your book. The first one you call the thinking edge. Yes, and that's really, in many ways, the most important edge, which is changing our thinking about what learning is about these days. I've actually just returned from a Florida Teacher of the Year conference where I asked the best teachers in Florida what was the most important of these six edges, and they said, this is it. Changing our thinking about the fact that learning can happen year-round now, 24-7, and putting aside some of the older debates again about whether kids need to be focused on phonics skills, for instance, versus learning to read children's literature. These are debates that have really prevented moving forward in education. I would think this particular edge would require more parental involvement than maybe the others would. Yes, parents really are, in the end, the major stakeholders in education. It's their children who are in our schools and informing and educating parents more about what can now happen, how their kids can learn in more powerful ways, can learn more quickly. Yes, parents are the most important audience for these kinds of changes. The next one you write about is called the Curriculum Edge. Yes, and this is really an effort to redefine what curriculum is. And again, many of our schools are still teaching a curriculum based from at least several decades ago. Certainly to take one example of the sciences, often biology is taught as the first course in high schools in ninth grade. But if you look at how the biological sciences have changed how we live, how they're moving forward in so many exciting ways around biotechnology and the biosciences, the biological sciences have become the most complex. And at one school that I discussed, the Illinois Math and Science Academy, they've actually taken this on and teach biology as a set of courses and not necessarily the most elementary of the courses. The next one you write about is the technology edge. Tell us about that. Certainly technology is transforming every area of our society and the world. So if our educational system can now grasp what is possible through technology, from using the Internet as the source of information, from, we call them learning objects, Internet-based content, to how students can access material from mobile devices and laptops now, online curricula, online courses. There's so much that technology is doing to change and revolutionize learning. It's very important that we understand this and begin to implement more of it. Our guest on InfoTrack is Milton Chen. He's a senior fellow and executive director emeritus of the George Lucas Educational Foundation and the author of a book called Education Nation, Six Leading Edges of Innovation in Our Schools. The next leading edge that we're going to talk about is the time-place edge. Tell us about that one. 
Well, again, in the old system, learning happened in schools, and schools are open six hours a day, five days a week, roughly about 180 days a year. Now, again, through technology and new forms of curriculum and communication, learning can now truly happen 24-7, 365. I'm particularly excited about the way in which many districts are using the after-school hours to provide very exciting and enriching experiences in, in science and the arts, which unfortunately have been moved out of the school curriculum. And also how the summer months, those three months that I call the third semester, are being used especially for children and families who cannot afford the camps and the travel and the other enrichment activities that many other parents provide, middle class and upper class families. So learning can now happen in many different places and throughout the day and the week and the year. That's what that edge is about. Up next on your list is the co-teaching edge. This is an effort to view teaching as a team effort rather than, again, the traditional model, the old model of a single teacher in an isolated classroom with the door closed and 30 students to teach. So in the co-teaching edge, I give many examples from around the country where teachers are team teaching with other teachers, bringing in parents as what I call co-educators. Parents really are a child's first and most important teacher, and parents are being brought into the learning process by many teachers who understand this, not just from the earliest years, but also through the middle school years and into the high school years, and then also bringing other co-teachers in, community experts who know something about the arts or science or architecture, being brought into the classroom to help teach lessons, and also being available online to help mentor students and provide information online. And the final edge is called the Youth Edge. Tell us about that one. Well, again, in many ways, this is the largest edge because these millions of students, who are especially younger students who are coming through our schools today, are carrying this change, as I like to say, in their pockets. Now we have these smartphones, very powerful mobile devices. Maybe it's a laptop or a smaller device, but students now have access to the world's information through a device in their pocket. They have access to their friends, to their families, to, as I was saying, some of their co-teachers and others outside of the classroom who are providing education for them. So the Youth Edge is an effort to say, here's a, a new generation of students who have never known any of the analog devices that we grew up with, a typewriter or an audio tape recorder. They're learning in very different ways. They're used to having instant access to information, and they are also teaching us how to restructure this new educational system. Education has traditionally been handled on a local level, but the federal government has become more and more involved. Would these changes you're describing need to occur on the federal level? And if so, how much money are we talking about? Because the mood of the country seems to be moving against the trend of more government spending. I believe, given our system of local control, the most important thing is for local school districts, teachers, parents to understand this change. We're beginning to see this groundswell of understanding whenever people talk about 21st century learning, 21st century skills, and that conversation is now going on. You see that happening in PTA meetings, in education conferences. Everyone is now understanding we need a different way of thinking about our schools. So I believe that this change can happen without a whole lot of additional spending. We already spend a lot of funding, both locally at the state level and at the federal level. The most important thing that needs to happen is a change in thinking and a change in practices and redirecting the dollars we already spend in education. What would the first step be? Would it be trying these in charter schools, for example, or what would you suggest? 
I think the most important thing right now is to share what we already know. Edutopia has been around almost 20 years now, and we have produced an enormous archive of more than 150 different schools around the country that are doing this, and there are many, many more. So chances are, in your own school district, in your own state, there are many places where this is going on, and if that information could be shared locally, that would be the first step that needs to happen to make this change happen at a greater scale. We mentioned parents early in this interview. Do you have any final words of advice for parents on how they can help? Most importantly, parents should recognize that they are educators. Again, the traditional view from the point of view of parents is that it's up to the school. The first thing teachers will say is that more is done in the home to support or prevent learning than they can do in school. So often teachers will talk about students arriving at school without even the most basic of human needs being cared for. Nutrition, health, a positive learning environment and attitude at home. Coming to the school as parents to learn more about what's happening in the school. And here I'm very excited with a number of online communication platforms for the school and for teachers to communicate directly with parents. We are reaching the point where almost every parent in the next few years will have access to the Internet. And this provides a tremendous new opportunity for greater flow of information between homes and schools. Milton Chen, the Senior Fellow and Executive Director Emeritus of the George Lucas Educational Foundation and author of Education Nation. Milton, is there a website where you can direct people? Yes. If you go to edutopia, E-D-U-T-O-P-I-A dot org, the website of the George Lucas Educational Foundation, if you go to edutopia.org slash education nation, all one word, you'll see more information about the book and links to uh, other stories on our site. Because of the George Lucas name, our main claim to fame is that we make films about what these schools and classrooms look like. So now that, again, nearly everybody can see video over the Internet, they can see these classrooms. People often say, well, what's George Lucas have to do with this? And we say, well, he picked a particular mission for our foundation that had to do with filmmaking. Well, thank you very much for joining us on InfoTrack. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know.